0: Welcome back, friends! Lost Scarf here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. Here we talk about everything Kirby, from the games to the people behind making Kirby, to the show Kirby Right Back At Ya. The main throughline line to the podcast will be the anime Kirby Right Back At Ya, as it was 100 episodes, but in time we'll talk about every single Kirby game and other things, like eventually the Kirby Cafe, Train Poo, Poo Poo Poo, there's that Spring Kirby line. There's just so many things to talk about with Kirby. Then there's the manga, which is really good. I also want to talk about the people behind Kirby, so I want to talk about Sakurai, of course. I want to talk about. <laughs> I want to say Miyamoto, but I didn't mean Miyamoto. I want to talk about Sakurai, I want to talk about Iwata, I want to talk about some of the other Kirby directors, because there were more than just Sakurai, of course, behind Kirby. And that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about in the future. We're up to four games right now with the Kirby game line, so we've done Dreamland, Adventure, uh, Pinball Land, and... Oh no, we've done three. And we're going to be doing Kirby's Dream Course eventually. And also, we have a Twitter. It's called at Dreamcast on Twitter. You can follow us for occasional tweets... About the podcast and also a lot of fan art of other Kirby artists because it's just fun looking at Kirby fan art, so we'll be retweeting a lot of their art. Now, currently, you can find us on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play Music. The difference between YouTube and the others is that there's visuals there for you. For the most part, it's fun not to need visuals, except for the games. When we talk about the games, the visuals are pretty great, so it's good to watch the YouTube version if you can. But for the most part, it is a podcast, so you should be listening to it. So, besides the game ones, you should be able to just listen to the episodes. So the big news I have to mention has got to be the birthday of the one, the only, the legend, Masahiro Sakurai. That's why he was born on the 3rd of August, that's when this episode comes out, in 1970. He was only 17 or 18 when he joined HAL, and then, well, one or two years later, he created Kirby. Well, he already had Kirby there as the placeholder, and then Kirby happens. This man right here, he made Kirby the thing we all know and love so much. He's 49 years old. Kirby's been around for almost 30 years. Kirby's been around for most of his life. How crazy has that got to be for something you created, for so many people to love it so much, and just for you to just be known for that pretty much, really. Known for this creation. Also for Smash Brothers at this point in his life, of course. That is a man that we need to talk about eventually in a future episode. But for now, of course, we got to talk about this. So this episode, I want to make a quick recommendation, and that is a new YouTube channel. It's a Japanese channel. And they've only got one Kirby short so far, but it's really, really cute. And, I, and they plan on doing more, so I can't wait for it. And the short is just Kirby eating a rice meal. So if you're having a bad day, this video will cheer you up. We'll have the link in the description for YouTube. And if we can have that information on the other podcasts, we'll have it there as well. And it's just, it's good. I like it. And I'm subscribed to the channel. I can't wait for the next one to make. Their animations, so it's going to take a long time. But when they make a bunch of them, oh, that's going to be good. Besides that, nothing big to talk about this episode, so let's get to episode 21 of Kirby Right Back At Ya. And the episode is titled, A Princess in Distress. The Japanese title is, Princess Rona's Holiday, so you know the name of the princess in this episode. So today's episode has to do with the princess, and the voiced actress is Tara Sands, who is also the voice of Falala and Folalo, while the Japanese voice is Yuko Sasamoto, who, this is their only voice, actually, from Right Back At Ya. They're also the voice of, oh... They're the voice of Sakura in all the Street Fighter games. All of them. They're also the voice of Flan in all the Disgaea games. So that is an interesting combination of voices there. Oh, they're also the voice of Sakurai's friend, Kei Chitose, who uh, has shown up in some things like uh, one of the alphas, can't remember which one. And I thought she was in Robles Schools, but she actually isn't. But she's one of Sakurai's friends. So the episode starts with Tiff finishing telling Kirby a story about a princess living happily ever after with the prince she married. Kirby looks very happy with the story, while Tuff says fairy tales are bogus. Tiff's reaction is, sure, but fairy tales aren't supposed to be real after all, so eh. Then their parents rush in and they tell them that a princess named Rona is coming to visit. Everyone gets really excited about a princess, including Tuff, because this one's real. And Kirby gets really excited too. Then there's the awesome opener. So there's your setup right there. There's Kirby now knows what a princess is. He's like, oh, I'm going to meet something I just learned about? That's cool. And then bam, here's a princess. So... Opener happens, and it's a good opener, and then... After the opener is King Dedede learning about the princess, too. So apparently he didn't learn first. I guess the ambassador did, because of course he did. He's the ambassador. So King Dedede learns about the princess and instantly gets interested in getting with the princess, because apparently that's all you need to know to want to get with a princess, is that one showing up. King Dedede figures the princess is there to meet him, because he's a king, and she's going to want to marry him. That's what he's thinking, so he can't wait to have a royal wedding. So he has the Waddle Dee army prepare for that. And then we get to see the Waddle Dee army prepare for that. And it's really nice seeing them just spruce up the castle, and we see Tiss family spruce up their room and everything, and we see them setting up the kitchen, and we see just an army of Waddle Dees bringing food into the castle. And the cute thing is you see Kirby's also helping as well, and unsurprisingly, Kirby's pitching in by carrying a watermelon with the rest of the Waddle Dee army. So, yep, Kirby's very watermeloned up in this show. We then see Takori informing the Cappies about the coming arrival of the Princess, so they get into gear with making vending booths and such for the tourists that will show up to see the Princess. They figure thousands are going to come, so they better get ready. Chief Bookham is, of course, worried about traffic, and that's not a bad worry, considering they're a small town, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of people. You skip to later, and we see that there's fireworks and a bunch of booths set up in Cappy Town, ready for tourism, and the castle's also ready with a red carpet out, and everyone's just gathered around. So you got an army waddle with a band there, Dean on his throne, Escargoon's there, and then of course Tiff's family's there. And Kirby's there, waiting for the princess. And the princess comes down on a spaceship, and the spaceship, what it looks like, is just like an egg, an upright egg with jets and lights on it. And it's got a, a family crest on it, which of course is the royal family crest there. And the ship lands, and the drums roll by the waddle-dees, because that's great, that's great they do that. And then the door opens, and we see a guard. They have a sword, they have a helmet, they look like a guard. It's, it's that guard look. You know, what you, you know what you're thinking. If you think of a guard, that's what you got right there. That's who it is. And Team Dedede sees the guard and he says, huh, oh, she's not my type. And Santhi Gargoon. he's like, "It's a bit of a tomboy there. But then we see the guard announce the arrival of the princess. And then the princess comes out. So everyone's like, oh, okay, that's not the princess. That's a guard, okay. And then Princess Rona looks like a princess. Like, imagine a princess. You got Princess Rona right there. She got the princess dress. She's got the princess hair, she's got a veil over her face, she's just supposed to be princessy, that's that's the best way I can describe it. Now the way they look is they look kind of like bloopers, kind of, they're they're very eggy people, so they have like, kind of like that squid head going on there, but they look like, well, people. Like, they're like the white version of Tiff's people, but they have more eggy heads, is the best way I'm going to put it here. You'll see what I'm talking about if you see a picture of Princess Rona, I'm doing a bad job of describing her. But that's that's this race here, these egg people. And this is another alien race coming to Cappy Town, coming to Dreamland. It's very interesting this because they think aliens are these different kind of weird races, and then but aliens actually show up to this castle every now and then, apparently, like Kirby shows up, Princess Rona shows up, there's gonna be other aliens in later episodes as well. Just people from outer space. But yeah, the Cappies treat them differently each time they show up. Like, Kirby was treated in one way like, what the heck, this is kind of weird things, Alien here. She's just royalty, so like, they just accept her. Aliens in future episodes are going to be treated very differently, and it's very weird how they're suspicious of aliens in later episodes when people just come in from space all the time, apparently. So the guard escorts the princess down, and they meet Sir Ibram and his family first, and we learn that the guard's name is Commander V of the Royal Guard, so that's who they are. So we've got V and Princess Rona. And Tuff is straight up interested in the princess. He's like, oh, hey. And Tiff calls him out on it. Cause he's like, I thought you meant princesses were junk. He's like, yeah, but this one's real. So interested now. And then King Dedede welcomes them and he immediately decides he's going to marry the princess. Just straight up is like, I'm going to marry her. I'm going to marry the princess right at her. Skip later that day and everyone's eating dinner at King Dedede's table. And Tuff says that he didn't know what girls could be like until he met Princess Rona. Tiff understandably takes issue with that comment. She's like, what do you mean? During that, Kirby's playing with a spoon. Like, this entire conversation, Kirby's playing with a spoon and it's really cute. And Kirby doesn't need no spoon for food, so it's just really even funnier having him have a spoon. But Tuff's saying, though, that he thought all girls were like Tiff until he met Princess Rona. Because, you know, Tiff's kind of like a a bossy kind of girl there. And Tiff says she thought all boys were like Tuff until she met Commander V, who she thinks is gallant and handsome. Then Tiff realizes Commander V is looking right at her when she said that, and Tiff looks away totally embarrassed because she's not sure if they heard her. Commander V gets up and goes and greets Tiff and Tuff, and then they go to meet Kirby thinking it's their pet, but then finds out it's a Star Warrior. And Kirby immediately takes a liking to Commander V, like just straight up gets in their face like, Hey, 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 you're cool, I like you. Then King Dedede bursts in with a giant bouquet of flowers and shows in the Princess Rona, who thanks him for the gift. King Diddy intends to show her around, give her a tour and everything. Like, Eskergun even says he knows where you can find a pizza at 2 a.m., which is a weird fact to give for King DDD. But Commander V interrupts and tells them that the princess is too tired and they must go to rest. Commander V does a lot of talking for the princess, you'll notice, and they thank everyone for their hospitality and then tells Kirby goodnight and only Kirby. This is a funny thing. Commander V's like, "Uh, no, princess is too tired. We gotta go take a rest and then we're gonna go. And then they specifically say, goodnight, Kirby. Only to Kirby. And then they leave. That's a funny thing. And I think it's fine because it's Kirby, but it's just like, they don't say goodnight to King Dedede, they don't say goodnight to Escargoon, Sir Ibram and his family, no, just Kirby. That's it, and then leave. It's just a funny little thing there. King Dedede, of course, is very annoyed because Commander V is straight up blocking his attempts every time he's making them at Princess Rona. We cut later to King Dedede practicing on stage with Escargoon dressed up as a princess. We starts reciting some flowery lines and then does a karaoke-style song to show his feelings for the princess, using Escargoon as the target. During this, there's a bunch of Waddle Dee's on stage, working the stage, and it's just great. There's just so many Waddle Dee's. This very much, as if you're a fan of Waddle Dee, is an episode you really want to see, because there's just Waddle Dee's everywhere, and they're doing different things, and it's just great, it's cute, it's fun. After all that, Escargoon gives King Dedede a four stars for a presentation, and takes a book to the face, because of course he does. We then see, what I assume is the next day, Princess Rona greeting the townsfolk from King Dedede's main balcony. They really like her and they say she's pretty. Tuff is there as well and he's trying to get the princess's attention constantly, because of course he is. Meanwhile, Tiff and Kirby are hanging out with Commander V, who comments that King Dedede really likes putting up things of himself, and they go to touch one of the King Dedede's symbols on one of the walls, and Tiff tries to warm them, but it's too late, they're too slow, and when Commander V touches the wall, it opens up a door, and the f- all three of them fall out. They go down a slide, and they fall out of the castle. When they land, Tiff lands on Commander V, and she's laying on them, and she realizes the situation and quickly gets up, and she's blushing a lot. Like, a lot. <laughs> v asks, where are they? And Tiff tells them that they're outside, because King Diddy has a lot of trap doors that lead to outside, and, well, there they are. V's actually pretty happy with this news and says they should go out and have some fun. Tiff, though, is worried about watching the princess, but V's like, it's okay, they can handle themselves, and then they tell Kirby, let's go, and then Tiff invites herself to go with them. It's very weird. It's very weird. I, I don't know if it was the dub's choice or what, but V constantly is specifically pointing out Kirby as the one they want to do things with, and then Tiff's there. It's <laughs> Very interesting the way that is. I think they're just, interest- they're just impressed with Kirby because he's a star warrior. So next we see them in town with all the vendors. And Tiff introduces Commander V to the townsfolk. But no one's impressed with them, because they're not a princess. Which makes Tiff go like, what, come on! You only care about royalty? But V's okay with it, because they're not one for making a big deal about themselves. So how humble. We then see Kirby eat a bunch of vendor food, we see Kirby eat corn dogs, we see Kirby eat cotton candy. And then Commander V comes over and they want to see what's this cotton candy about, so they try it out, and they love it. They'd never had it before, because, well, they just eat royal stuff, and this is pretty dang good. Next, we see the three of them go fishing together. And there's a really good transition here, where the three of them together catch a fish and they pull it up. And when the fish falls and, and lands from them catching it, it lands on a plate because it transitions to them being at Chef Kawasaki's place. It's a really good transition. One of my favorites. And Chef Kawasaki's like, all right, I'm going to turn this into sushi for you guys. Good catch. And Chef Kawasaki shows them how to make sushi from a fish. So he cuts out the scales and then he fillets the fish. And then, there you go, sushi! And Kirby gets really excited, and then Tiff goes, oh no, and then she goes and holds Kirby, because Kirby's about to eat it all, so that V can have some sushi before Kirby eats everything, because that's what happens always. So Commander V tries the sushi, and they like it, and they compliment Chef Kawasaki, so... There you go, someone actually likes his food. And he's really happy about that. Oh, by the way, by the way! In a couple of the scenes, we see Tiff looking at V in a way I can only describe as... She wants her some Commander V. Girl's got a crush. She wants that commander. She really do. And you can see it in her face. It's amazing. The next scene is interesting in their difference, though. So the three of them are sitting there enjoying a view of Dreamland. In the Japanese version, it's a longer scene, where V says they'd like to spend the rest of their life in Dreamland. And then Tiff brings up about guarding the princess. The US version, stared Up, just starts with guarding the princess. And so... We just lose a little bit more information on why V just really wants to live there, and how they feel like it'd be fine if the princess lived here too. Interesting comment there from a guard talking about the princess. But they, like, they just like Dreamland, they'd like to live there, and I'm sure Tiff would like that too. But Tiff goes straight into asking, what about protecting the princess since it's their job, and they've been gone for a while, and V says the princess is okay, she'll take care of herself. Just shirking their duties right there. So they should have as much fun as they can. And then Tiff shows up. Tiff asks why he's there instead of being with the princess, and Tuff says it's because the princess is really boring. Every time he tries to talk to her, all she says is how everything is interesting. V laughs and says it's because princesses have to talk inoffensive all the time, because princesses are just really boring, and they just can't anger anyone, because that would be bad for their family and everything. And then V aggressively, very aggressively, talks about how much a princess's life sucks, and they trade their life of a princess for a regular person's life any day. And Tiff is definitely taken aback by this. She's like, whoa, whoa, that's aggressive right there. Then to interrupt this very tense scene, a big old sheep shows up and starts rushing the four of them. So they're running for their life from this big sheep that's a, that basically is really mad or for some reason wants to attack them. And Kirby, unfortunately, being the smallest, is the straggler of the four. So V turns around, runs over and grabs Kirby and does a sick flip over the giant sheep to save Kirby. And then Tiff rushes over to help V get up, and then V's helmet comes off. And it reveals their hair, which sparkles a little and looks a lot like the princess's hair. And then a necklace pops out with the royal family symbol on it, in case you didn't realize what's going on at the moment. And they also got some jewelry on their head, just like the princess has. And Tiff realizes it's the princess. That's right, this is the princess right here. It's Princess Rona. The other one's a fake. And when they realize this, Princess Rona looks down with a strong look of sadness on her face. And they really detail how sad she is on her face at this moment. And here's the key difference. The US version plays royal music when you first see that it's the princess. And then they play really sad, somber music when you see her sad face. The Japanese version, however. Silent music the whole time until the end when you see her sad face. And then they play a fanciful, cheery flute. Before they cut to commercial. What? It is a complete miscast of the tone here. Holy crap. Like, it's just, just take a really sad death in a show and then put a laugh track on it. That's what happened right here. Really weird. I think the US version just did it better. Japanese version just why? <laughs> What's going on there? I had to point this out because it's such a big difference. After that scene, the four of them are sitting by a river, and Kirby's playing with the river, which is very cute. He's just putting his hands in the water and just playing with it. And while that's happening, Rona explains that the fake princess is actually their servant, a lady in waiting, and that being a princess really sucks, and they apologize for lying to them. But Tiff says it's okay and tells her to put her helmet back on, so they can hang out some more. By the way, They do not reference at all the fact that Tiff was developing a crush on Commander V at all from this point on, which would have been interesting, but it is a kid show, so there you go. But then Rona tells them that they wish they could hang out some more, but they need to go back home soon, because once they get back home, they will have to forever fulfill their royal duties. This trip is her last vacation before she can't have any more fun. So that's depressing! Next we see the fake Princess Rona spending time with Cerebrum Lady Like, and saying how something's very interesting, because that's just how she talks. And then suddenly King Dedede shows up in a suit and tries to sing to her, and then he progresses to propose to her, and then Commander V shows up and blocks it again. Just constantly blocking this penguin. And King Dedede is just tired of just being told by Commander V that a princess isn't interested, she doesn't want anything to do with him, all that stuff. And then she has the princess herself, the fake princess, say that she's not interested. And this breaks King Dedede's heart. King Dedede furiously throws a glove right into Rona's face, the real Rona, to challenge her to a duel. Ladylike faints from the shock of this in the background, by the way, and Rona accepts the duel, and Tiff, of course, is very worried. So it's time for a duel to the death! That's right, King Dedede is planning on murdering this guard, while Rona, on the other hand, just wants to have some fun. So if you're wondering how this duel to death is going to be, it's going to be... Just think, just a tournament stage, if you've seen Dragon Ball, it's that stage, Yu Haka Hakusho, My Hero Academia, everyone's got a battle stage, it's the same thing, it's a stone stage, a bunch of stone tablets together, and there's people around it watching and wanting to eat things while they're watching people get killed, that kind of stand there, and Chef Kawasaki's got a joke here because he's selling sushi, and he's like, get your sushi here, get it while it's cold, because of course that's the joke, and everyone's just ready to see someone die, that, that's what's happening here. We then see Rona cleaning her blade. She plans to have some fun fighting King Dedede, but Tiff tries to stop her because she doesn't want, well, just want to see Rona get hurt or killed. But Rona tells them what's going to happen. As soon as Rona leaves, Princess Rona is going to become Queen Rona, and when that happens, she won't have any fun anymore. She's just going to be a royal person and that's all that's going to be in her life from that point on. So she needs to live now and have fun while she can. And oh my god if she gets killed while trying to have fun. She then sheathes her blade and goes out to the stage where Tiff silently nods because, well, Tiff can't stop her. This is it. So then we get to the dueling stage and King Dedede brings out a huge sword, not his hammer, which is a surprise. And then they engage in their duel and Rona easily disarms King Dedede. By the way, her sword is like a fifth or a sixth the size of King Dedede's sword and she easily closes the area and takes his sword out of his hand and puts the sword to him, like she's going to take him out if he don't give up, and then he surrenders, because easily beats him. King Dedede then runs off stage, and the mayor says he didn't know King Dedede was a chicken. King Dedede then reveals his secret weapon, a monster, because that's a secret apparently, and it's named Sushi. Yep, it's named Sushi. Gengu yells that it isn't fair, and King Dedede laughs it off, saying, since when has he ever played fair? Uh, Before accidentally getting hit by Sushi's tail. I assume it's accidentally. So Sushi, let me describe this as best I can. It's a big fat eel monster, like it's got the head and then like a fat bulb body and then a long tail. The best description I got if you've played this game is the Royal Ludroth from Monster Hunter without the mane. That's really what it looks like. And yeah, it's just a big fat eel with a bulb body and a big tail. And it's red with a white underbelly and light green fins. And It's got scales on to show you it's a sea monster. It looks, it's, it's an interesting looking monster. And so, it goes to attack them. Of course, in the Japanese version, a Ashif and whips out his gun, which is in the US version, because, yeah, of course it's not going to be there. And then the monster attacks and goes for Rona, and she charges forward, but gets slapped away, because of course she does. Kirby runs over to help, but Rona doesn't think he'll be any help here, it's just too big a monster. So Kirby tries to suck at the monster, because, okay. But then the monster jumps out of the way, and then we see that Kirby wasn't aiming for the monster, and King Dedede was thinking, ah, Kirby's just got bad aim, but nope. He was aiming for the giant sword, and Kirby sucks it up. He sucks up the entire big sword and transforms into Sword Kirby. Rona is, of course, amazed, and Kirby attacks the monster. He gets some hits in, but they're not doing much damage, and eventually Kirby gets slapped away. A cool move here is, though, Kirby gets slapped towards the castle, and Kirby jumps back off the castle wall, back into the fight, and does some more fighting. Rona and Kirby decide to team up, but they can't break the scales. And then Chef Kawasaki tells them to turn it into sushi. So they do, and oh my god, this is amazing. Okay, so you know, earlier he showed them how to make sushi, so that's what they're going to do here. Together, on two different sides of the monster, they jump up and they slash down along the monster's tail, along the scales, and strip the monster's flesh. I'm not kidding. They rip through the monster, and the flesh of the monster rips apart as the monster jumps to attack the two of them, and we see it fall everywhere. A bunch of it lands on King Dede and Escargoon. It just falls all over the place. And when I saw this in the US version, I assumed it was censored, but no, it's in the Japanese version too. All of the flesh coming off is off camera. You, you hear the sound, you see it coming off and hitting people, but you don't see it come off the monster itself, because I guess that would be too much. But after it's falling off, we see the monster land and the bones of the tail land and break into dust. And then the monster falls over dead. It is horrific. It is a horrifying scene. Oh my god. And then Chef Kawasaki makes the j- dumbest joke here, by the way. At the pile of sushi on King Dedede, he says he didn't know the king was into sushi, because it's literally around him, so he's in it. It's, it's, it's just a dumb joke. It's a dumb joke. Rona then holds Kirby's hands and says he's a noble warrior. And Chef Kawasaki says they are now masters of making sushi in the Japanese version. In the US version, he just says they can work at his restaurant any day. And then a bigger egg ship arrives, and it's Rona's grandfather, and he's there to get her. She's surprised he saw through a disguise, and we don't learn he's the grandfather in the US version, only in the Japanese version. But then everyone learns right then and there that Commander V is actually the real Rona. King Dedede then eats away his sadness by eating sushi. There's a lot of that, so that'll fill up his sadness pretty well. And, Roma, mm, and Rona comments that she enjoyed her time here. Cut to later that day, with Rona dressed up as a princess, and the fake one not being anywhere. And she goes to give Kirby a Medal of Honor, but realizes it's too formal, and instead gives Kirby a kiss on his head. Considering everything that's been happening, I think she just really likes Kirby. The little boy, of course, is very happy from the kiss, and then Rona flies away on her ship, because she must go. Her people need her. Tuff then says he hopes she lives happily ever after. And we cut to a picture of Princess Rona having fun, dressed up as Commander V with everyone in Cappy Town, and Kirby hopping up in the air happily with cotton candy in his hand. The end. Now, I don't know why, but every time I've seen that ending scene, I get choked up a little bit. Probably because of Tuff's comment, because the way they framed it is, Rona's gonna be miserable from this point on. She's a young girl, she's gonna become queen, and life's just gonna suck, I guess. So that's, uh, that's very sad. It's the same thing in the Japanese version as well. But there's one thing different in the Japanese version, and that is, there's an inner monologue with Tiff at the end. During the ending scene, Tiff says she didn't realize how restrictive a princess's life is that she will never forget Princess Rona. So, I don't know why they cut that out. I really don't. I think it's good. It shows Tiff with some growth right there. She's just realizing just the difference between a fairytale princess and a real princess. But it is what it is. There's nothing more to add besides that there's more profanity in the Japanese version than the U.S. version, which is so weird in a kid's show. And it's mostly just Tiff saying, Damn it, Kirby. <laughs> Tiff says that a lot. It's like a catchphrase for her. Now, I really like this episode. It's definitely a top 10 right now for me. I have not actually ranked all the episodes in my head, but I know it's at least in the top 10 off the top of my head. It's a really good one. My favorite episode hasn't come up yet, but we're almost there. I can't wait for when we get to that episode. It's so good. So episode 22 is going to come up next, and it's a bit rough. It's got some interesting elements to it, and it's definitely bottom 10 for me. It's not worse than Flower Power. It's not worse. It it might be worse than the episode 8 with Professor Curio. I don't remember right now, but it's not one of the better episodes, that's for sure. So as always, you can find us on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play Music. You can find our Twitter at Kirby Dreamcast. Oh yeah, if you listen to us on iTunes, please give us a review. iTunes does actually care about reviews, so that would really help us out. Also, please share us around. I really love Kirby, and I want as many Kirby fans to hear the podcast. It's great talking about Kirby with people always, and I just... more people, the better. So that right there is the newest Kirby's Dreamcast podcast. I had fun talking, I hope you had fun watching and or listening, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time.